damn it, how long have we been doing this show? You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. This is episode 195, here in the second to third week of April. I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. Ethan, we say this every week, but boy, we've got so much to talk about. And as usual, so many things that we can't talk about, but there's so much stuff to talk about that the stuff that we can't talk about won't feel it won't be feeling left out (laughs) fair enough um so yes uh as as we mentioned on the show last week you are in fact there live in new york slash new jersey for a whole bunch of festivities over wrestlemania weekends so a rev pro show you are live at the g1 supercard show in madison square garden you are at wrestlemania you Went to several meet and greets, met and re-met several uh, professional wrestlers. Uh, we're going to get into your your sto- your sort of personal stories and your meet and greet stories at the end of the show. That'll be our main event. But uh, I guess big picture thoughts on the weekend. Did you have a good time? Uh, saw a lot of wrestling over those couple of days. Yes, many, many hours of wrestling. Uh, did have a good time. Uh, packed a lot into like... Not counting travel times in New York for like 72 hours or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, we'd originally talked about maybe trying to go to NXT on Friday night or just trying to pack more in, whether it be going to another indie show on Saturday or whatever. And I can't imagine having <laughs> having packed any more into the weekend than uh, we did. It was crazy. Absolutely, and uh, just a reminder: Ethan took his his lovely wife with him, uh, her his very supportive and patient wife, <laughs> uh, with him on all of these meet and greets and indie wrestling shows. How does it smell? How did it smell? Uh, <laughs> overall, it smelled pretty normal. Except uh, we got in the we took a bus from the WrestleCon Hotel to WrestleMania and back which hearing everyone's nightmare travel stories, trying to get out of WrestleMania on Sunday morning or Monday morning oh, yeah. uh, was definitely a very wise decision, but we got on the WrestleCon bus to come home after WrestleMania and the bus had a toilet in the back of it. And Ooh. the bus, the bus smelled like a bunch of farts had gotten in, <laughs> had gotten into a fight. <laughs> It was like a, it's like a fart battle royal. Mm. <laughs> uh, aside from that, it, everything smelled much better than you might expect. That's good news. I guess we can we can start in order, like we said. We're going to do the the wrestling shows first, and then the uh, the fun stuff second. But uh, uh, Friday afternoon, you were at the Rev Pro show, and you saw Zack Saber Jr. and Minoru Suzuki versus Hiroshi Tanahashi and Will Ospreay, among other things. How was that show live? It was fun. It moved pretty quickly. Uh, they put 
most of the stuff that you would want to see on before intermission because they the show started about 15 minutes late started about 3 15 on mm-hmm. friday afternoon and they were trying to get people out of there for those people that wanted to go to nxt ah so the the, the show was scheduled to end at 5 30 it was supposed to go from 3 to 5 30 and it ended up going closer to six but they put uh, Suzuki and Tanahashi and Osprey and Saber on before intermission. Uh, so um, everything before intermission was fun. Everything after intermission was probably technically very good, but uh, they had a hard time getting the crowd, and the crowd was filing out uh, <laughs> so sure. they could try to get to NXT. So um, I would say the the top guys. Saber is just Saber, so he he just does what he always does. Yeah. Uh, Tanahashi did probably about twenty five percent of what he normally does. Uh, Osprey probably somewhere in that range as well. Uh, Suzuki and Saber work a style that you can work every night, so it, it wasn't as evident that they were trying to save themselves. Sure. Um, uh, but uh, it it didn't matter. The crowd was just thrilled uh to see those big stars there and uh tomohiro ishii had a match uh with david star i think yes the wokest wrestler on god's green earth today david star that's right ishii sold a lot (laughs) which is really strange for an ishii match considering that his whole thing is he doesn't really sell (laughs) right it's uh, it's a lot of big stiff brawls generally right so he sold a lot so that was different but uh, and you know, Show and Yo uh, worked the main event. They lost to Aussie Open in the main event. Um, they did less than you would expect. Uh, Rocky Romero and Ryusuke Taguchi were the first match after intermission. They had a. They started out wrestling serious and then did the comedy match. <laughs> I I expected the the opposite. Right. But I mean, it was fun. The the thing moved quickly. Uh, wasn't really a bad seat in the house, and uh, it was a good time. Good times, and of course, later that night was NXT Takeover, which you were not uh, there live for. But did you get a chance to watch on the uh, on the network? So far, all I've seen is the opener, the War Raiders uh, Ricochet Alistair Black match, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, that was really great. I would I would go out on a limb and say that might have been the best match on the show, as far as rewatchability would go for me. Okay. Um, the main event, uh, you know, obviously Johnny Gargano won the NXT title in a two out of three falls match with Adam Cole. It was very good and very dramatic. And the, especially, you know, the final fall where Gargano's they're kicking out of every move under the sun. And then Gargano single-handedly fights off the entire undisputed era and, uh, and defeats Adam Cole and, and makes him tap out to the Gargano escape. It was all very good and dramatic, and the post-match is really great. Uh, Gargano's uh, dad was there, and uh, who I believe they told a story that uh, his dad had been ill for, his, for one of his previous big takeover matches, so this was like the first time his dad had been there for a big takeover. And, of course, they brought out Ciampa on the, uh, on the ramp, and he and, and Candice, even though it doesn't really make any sense, he and Candice and, and Johnny all hugged and <laughs> celebrated together at the end of the show. Um, but yeah, that that was very dramatic and really fun. But because it was so near fall based, I don't know that if you watched it a second time or if you watch it knowing the ending, 
if it will still hold up. Not not that the work wouldn't be good, but I think as far as like an actually laid out match, I thought that tag match was was really really something special. All right. Well, uh, I I will keep that in mind when I go back and watch the whole show. Well, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, it was. I thought NXT Takeover was a good show. This is, I thought, one of the first times in a while where Takeover was not the show with the most buzz coming out of the weekend. And I don't know yeah. if it's just because all of the guys there have been there for a while. Like there wasn't really a big debut. They did have a. They did show Kushida in the crowd, but they had announced him earlier in the day in like a, a Twitter post that he had signed. So it wasn't even really a, a you know the the crowd surprise. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't so I don't know if it's just that most of the guys there have been there for a while, so it just didn't quite have the the excitement or, or what, but it was interesting to me. I think I felt like a lot more eyes were on the, the Madison square garden show. And I guess we can move right into that. The G one super, super card show from Madison square garden in New York city, the first non WWE show to run a wrestling show to run in Madison square garden in decades and boy, Ethan, you were there live, and boy, <laughs> was this the tale of two diff- very different companies, wouldn't you say? I would. Yes, it was. It was. It was very. It was a very strange show. First, <laughs> first, I was. I thought that the show started at seven thirty, uh, and then piecing things together, I figured out that oh, the the rumble, the honor rumble, or whatever, starts at six thirty. There, that's on the pre-show. So the show actually starts at 6.30. We got to the building at like 6.15, and there was already a match in the ring before the yeah. Honor Rumble. I have no idea what that match was. I don't know if that was the stardom match. I I guess that was the stardom match. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. But it was very, uh, felt very disorganized. A little bit. So yeah, there was, there was the big Honor Rumble with, of all people, the great Muta showing up as number 30 in that match. That must have been kind of surreal to see. That was that was incredible. Okay, here's a here's a story. It won't take long. First wrestling show I ever went to, Haku was on the show. He wrestled Hulk <laughs> Hogan. He wrestled Hulk Hogan on the show. How this about that? Sh- this show on Saturday, Haku was on the show. <laughs> How about that? Haku was in the Honor Rumble. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Some 30 years later almost. <laughs> Uh, almost 31 years later, yeah. How about that? <laughs> it's insane. Haku, Haku doesn't, I mean, he doesn't move great, but he, it's not sad for maybe it's just because they all he does is walk to the ring and then do like neck chops and stuff. Yeah. But like he doesn't, he, they don't, he doesn't try to do anything he can't do, which I appreciate. Yes. And if, you know, if he lost 30 pounds, he could probably still move okay for an old guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's uh, true. He was he was never a steroid guy, obviously. So no, nah. um, yeah, Muda got a crazy reaction. Muda and Liger is the last two. Well, they weren't the last two. But hey, can we start enforcing rules in battle royals, please? <laughs> so we don't have the. I, it's such a cop out finish to do the thing where the guy who wasn't in the match or has been hiding under the ring <laughs> mm-hmm. gets gets in the ring and wins the match. Like, what are the referees around ringside doing? Yeah, I mean, I think it's funny if you do that like once every five years, maybe. Like, remember the year Santino did it in the was it Del Rio? The year Del Rio won the Rumble. Yes, that was good. Like, that was really good because WWE didn't do that finish very often. 
And now it's like every match, including, you know, uh, one of the Battle Royals on WrestleMania. Actually, both of the Battle Royals on WrestleMania had yeah. uh, spots where people uh, were outside the ring and then jumped back in at the end. So The entire Royal Rumble this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that did happen a lot. <laughs> Nobody stayed in the ring. Yes, I I would agree that, but yeah, the the big uh, the big showdown at the end of of Liger and Muda being then ruined by uh, Kenny King Oof. winning. Now, of course, <laughs> I guess I should have seen something like that coming because I do remember them <laughs> announcing that the winner got a shot at the ROH World Title, and I was like, well, I guess Great Muda's not working for the ROH World Title anytime soon, so should have known, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Still a little, a uh, little bit of like an air being let out of the balloon when uh, when Kenny King came in and threw those guys out. Yeah, got. I think he got the wrong kind of heat, but I think there was a lot on the show that got the wrong kind of heat. <laughs> I would agree, and I guess we can get into the main show. Uh, thought the opener was really good. The Osprey Cobb match they set a really good pace to it, and and Cobb Cobb's a great athlete, and obviously he can keep up with with Osprey really well, and. Thought that was really fun, and I was like, "That's a great opening. We're 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 really setting a good pace here." And then from there until, I guess you could say, arguably up until that junior heavyweight match, that was a long <laughs> like ninety minutes of boring to bad to awful stuff. There was a lot of garbage on that show. <laughs> so there's the the women of honor match where the wrong person won and then the wrong person who won got in a feud with the debuting Angelina Love and Velvet Sky. Here here's the I don't necessarily have an issue with Kelly Klein. Like I don't think she's great, but she's athletic. She's very green. She's athletic and obviously she has a good look and she will be good one day. But the problem is when you have good women's wrestling in a lot of other promotions now, <laughs> when you present subpar women's wrestling, it comes across really bad. <laughs> yeah. And Kelly Klein and Angelina Love and Velvet Sky. <laughs> I, it's just, it's a stark contrast to where to every, <laughs> where everyone else is taking women's wrestling, where it's serious athletes they're going in the exact opposite direction. And it didn't sound like it. It was a, it wasn't like there was some big reaction either. It just felt like, Oh, bully Ray got his girlfriend a job. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of bully Ray, that son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> That's right. You have a personal vendetta. He ruined last year's ROH show before WrestleMania for me. And he tried his best to do that again this year. As he had another like forty-minute segment that started out as a supposed to be a fight, they had Minoru Suzuki and Tomohiro Ishii and all these guys in the pre-match or pre-show battle royal, and then they announced their advertised match for Bully Ray was Juice Robinson. God bless him, really, really entertaining guy. Not what I would have put in that spot. And then they did an angle where Juice got laid out, so now Bully Ray needs a. New opponent, and it's the returning Flip Gordon. Which, fine, I feel like they were they started feuding. I think at last year's uh, ROH Supercard show uh, the night before WrestleMania. So 
Okay, it's the culmination of that, let's say. And then it kept going, and then Silas Young and somebody ran out, and then Juice came out, and it was, it was apparently this is some one of the 38 factions that's yes. going on in ROH currently that you yeah. tried to explain to me a couple of weeks ago. Yes, there are a lot of factions right now. And so we had a faction hardcore six-man tag that went for a while. At least Bully Ray did, in fact, do the job eventually. <laughs> but I was expecting, you know, for heat, for him to just win. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And, <laughs> oof, a lot of Bully Ray. And why, then... did they, why did they do an injury angle with Juice if they were just going to, if Juice could come out work anyway? Like... Great question. <laughs> why didn't they just announce a six-man? Exactly. I have no idea why. Doesn't so make could a, do a bit swerve. Of sense. I guess they had told people that Ju- or that Flip needed another knee surgery. Ugh. So the swerve was that he didn't. I guess. What 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 is that company doing? Great question. Speaking of what's that company doing, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit. But uh, after the the unification tag team title match, uh, off camera. Now I did not see any of this because. They, it's a shoot brother, you see. <laughs> but one, uh, the real R-E-A-L-1, uh, Enzo Amore and Big Ass uh, showed up. And to show you that it was a shoot brother, Bully Ray ran back down to brawl uh, with, with them. And I think the, the Briscoes were involved as well. Is that right? Yeah, because the Briscoes were in the, in the tag match. Correct. So yes, they they had a brawl which the announcers tried to play off like they didn't show anything on camera, they didn't mention any names, they didn't talk about it. And it's like, okay, well if you're going to do a work shoot angle, you know, get the camera off those guys, they don't work here thing. Uh, not a bad idea except for about 30 seconds after it happened, ROH was retweeting fan cam footage of it on their official Twitter account. So how did the uh, the fans in the building react to uh, seeing Big Ass and and Enzo? Everyone thought it was a shoot, <laughs> except me. <laughs> well, in, in the Enzo did shoot, try to crash a WWE show a few months ago, to be fair. That's true. Uh, I have an Enzo story from WrestleCon, but we'll get to that later, too, by the way. Um, right. Yeah, I think most people thought it was a shoot in the building. And then as they read tweets and uh, cooler heads prevailed, everyone realized later on, Oh yeah, this is a thousand percent of work because um, arena security was it was very tight getting into the building, and then security stood there and sat on their hands and did nothing <laughs> while these guys jumped the rail. And yeah. the the physicality was convincing enough. I mean, it looked convincing. I think because the Briscoes. <laughs> And uh, we're trying to beat the shit out of Enzo for real. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that security did not intervene for several minutes was just, it, the whole thing was asinine. <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah, work shoots are dumb, everybody. <laughs> like bringing Enzo and Cass into your promotion, also dumb. But just, if you're going to bring him in, bring him in. Like, don't. <laughs> right. Nobody, nobody's gonna believe it's real for what? Oh, you convince some people for about two minutes, right? Or, or maybe in the building, you know, ten minutes that it was real, right? But it's just, it's just silly. But yeah, I, I, 
I believe somebody from Voices of Wrestling was the first one that was like, yeah, just got a text. It's a work. It wasn't yeah. management's idea. Someone, someone higher up decided to bring them in. <laughs> so I guess Sinclair decided we need some star power for our, uh, for ROH going forward. So, yeah, to Who me, it, it, it would have been plausible as a shoot if it was just Enzo, but the fact that cast was there too, that was when my, my BS detector went off. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And then, uh, there was some good wrestling towards the end of the show. Uh, Naito and Ibushi had another match and I mean, they didn't, I didn't think this was their most dangerous match ever, but you still got, you know, the inexplicable bumps on heads and necks that you would expect from these guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's difficult to enjoy their matches knowing how this ends. <laughs> yeah. That's the sense with one or both of them breaking their necks. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, I mean, you think of a guy like Ciampa who, I mean, he took like a lot of apron bumps, like power bombs to the floor and stuff. He wrestles a pretty physical style, but he's not bumping. He wasn't bumping on his head and neck every night. Right. And he still ended up with a real bad neck and had to get a pretty serious surgery on it. Might never wrestle again. And yeah, those guys are, those guys are on purpose dropping each other on their head and landing on their own heads I mean, pretty frequently. Kurt came into re- into pro wrestling with a broken neck already, but Kurt rebroke his neck however many times. Yeah. Just because he did a bunch of suplexes. And it's like mm-hmm. all these guys are doing is suplexing each other on their heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like Kurt Angle's style, I don't think you would I mean, he was an in, you know, his cardio was insane, but I don't think he would say he had like a daredevil style or anything. Right. And, and he still broke his neck what twice, three times? I don't yeah. I don't even know. It's like these guys are intentionally spiking each other on the top of their head it's so stupid yeah once you know once uh takahashi broke his neck on something uh you know on a very dangerous move where there was a high risk you would think maybe everybody would maybe management would even step in and tell people to uh tone it down a little bit but that has not seemed to happen no and it clearly won't yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's I I I agree though. It's it's rough. It's which is funny because before that, uh, now of course, right following the Enzo and Cass BS was I believe the the Tanahashi match, right? And they I mean they didn't do a ton, and the crowd was pretty out of it, so <laughs> they didn't it didn't it didn't at least I will say on TV, but they did you know obviously it was a Zack Saber match, so it's a lot of mat stuff. But people right. were still ex- really excited to see, uh, you know, Tanahashi. When he hits the sling blade, the crowd still gets into it. So it's like, I don't know. You look at that guy who's pretty torn up and doesn't and doesn't, you know, and didn't land on his head and neck every single night, and he's still, you know, kind of getting to the point where his body's breaking down on him. It's like, man, it's just it's gonna end. It's gonna end poorly for you, man. It's just it's tough. Yes. And then there was a ladder match, which <laughs> TWL All-Star Matt, Matthew Taven <laughs> won. He's the heavyweight championship, heavyweight <laughs> champion of the earth in Ring of Honor. 
defeating Jay Lethal, the you know the company man, the all time great, and Marty Skrull, who, as far as ROH, was there anyone from ROH more over in that building than Marty Skrull? No, not even but close. When that music, it was funny because yeah, ROH had a pretty bad night. I think that's fair to say. But when that music hit, I was like, man, he's a freaking star, and I and I get it. Because I'm sure they assume either one way or the other, he'll either leave and go to NXT to be with his girlfriend, or he'll leave and go to AEW to be with his other friends. Yes. So they don't want to build, try to build around him if they know he's leaving in a year or whatever. But it's like, there's nobody you got that's like half as over as that guy. Yeah, and they did. They did nothing. <laughs> Oh, they did something. Matt Matt Taven is is the is the new heavyweight champion, and uh, wow! But then, of course, we had a a very very good main event. I thought uh, Kazushika Okada reclaiming the IWGP Heavyweight Championship from Mister Knifey Guy. And uh, how was this main event in the uh, in the building? And was it worthy of being the main event, or would, would you have put something else on last? I mean, Okada's. Probably the greatest wrestler in the world. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm fine. I'm fine with him main eventing. <laughs> um, uh, the crowd was tired. I was tired after sitting through everything that we had sat through. Uh, once they started getting into near falls and stuff in that match, it got really great. Yeah, but I can't say that I was into it for the first, you know, twenty minutes, or I don't even know how long they went, but. Everything uh, before Okada's first drop kick, I would say, <laughs> uh, they had the, it, it was t- it was tough sledding. That's yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, on TV it came across as you know, it it wasn't on the level of like the greatest Okada matches I've seen in the last couple of years, but it was a a good solid main event. And I think if you if you didn't watch this show live and you go back, you can watch the opener. You can watch maybe the junior heavyweight match and you can watch the main event and depending on how, what your feelings are about dropping people on their heads, I guess you can watch the, uh, the Naito match too, but yeah, new Japan had a pretty, you know, solid showing and ROH is what we keep talking about. It's a very bizarre promotion to watch in the year 2019. It's a dumpster fire. <laughs> All right, well, moving on to the, 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 the biggest show, the biggest and longest show all time, all my life. Uh, WrestleMania 35 uh, started 5 p.m. Eastern time, went off the air after midnight uh, Eastern time still. Long show. Were you there for the entire pre-show as well as the main show, Ethan? Uh, got it to the... Was- Waiting in a food line as uh, Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese were wrestling. So I was in the building for the whole show, but I didn't see the entire show. Well, you did say that would be your go get a pretzel match, I believe. <laughs> yes. So yes. Took the care prophecy of that. has been fulfilled. <laughs> Took care of that at the outset. But uh, so it was a very, very long show, and I don't, I don't even know how to talk about a show this long because obviously, you know, by the time you guys are listening to this, you don't need a full show recap of it for for the love of God. I'm sure you've heard <laughs> plenty by now, but I guess I guess what stood out as the highlights of it to you uh, from a live perspective, and I'll just kind of 
uh, you know, jump in if there's anything I think that's worth talking about that you don't mention. Kofi and Brian was obviously the highlight of the show. Sure. Particularly to the live crowd. I would say the crowd wanted uh, to enjoy the Becky uh, coronation at the end, but the somewhat screwy finish and the fact that everyone was just happy to get out of the building, <laughs> I think took, took some of the shine uh, away from Becky. Um, the crowd, I don't know what this says about the WWE crowd, but the crowd loves Hulk Hogan and we're mm. sing- singing real American, at least in, uh, in my section in the upper deck, uh, which is something else, I guess. I mean, Crowd- Big E tweeted that, uh, that he and Hulk had a conversation and that he forgave Hulk this week. Did you see that? Well, he, I saw the tweet. He didn't say he forgave him. He said he liked to think that everyone... <laughs> oh, he, said he, th- he thanked him for apologizing, I believe, is what happened. Yes, yes. Um, I, don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Still, still really hard for me to enjoy a, a Hulk Hogan segment. Yeah. Um, um crowd was into entrances for Batista and Triple H and then those <laughs> guys wrestled they had the longest match of the night. Did you see that stat that Hunters had the longest match on every show except one, I think, no. since like 2011? No. You know, in a vacuum, I understand, okay, we got to get Big Dave. He was a he was a really big star. And he wants to come, and now he's a really big star in a different different arena. And he wants to come back, and he wants to do his swan song. In a vacuum, cool. Send him out there, wrestle for half hour, I don't care. On this night, when, we, when we were sitting there for seven and a half hours, I didn't need a 25-minute garbage match. <laughs> yeah, and I also, I thought Hunter had learned his lesson about going on so late. Because the last couple of years, he had gone on earlier in the show. But the, the Rollins match a couple of years ago, and then last year in the tag match with Ronda, like, I think they were both over by like you know, 9, 9, 9.30 maybe at the latest. And this year it was like 10.30, 10.30-ish or so when he, he and Dave got in the ring. It was really late. It was, it was pretty late in the show. There's only you know, a couple of matches afterwards that maybe drained the crowd even more. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they tried real hard. They tried as hard. I did not think it was as embarrassing or hilarious as the Australia Undertaker match was. Mm. Um, there was, you know, I, it, I don't know. It just, it, I, it felt more like, I guess it felt more like a fight. It felt more like there was something on the line here. They tried to do some creative things uh, with it. And uh, yeah, but it was it was too long. The story of most Triple H WrestleMania matches, uh, in a different place, it might have been good, but it, it was WrestleMania late in the show, and it went too long. Um, I guess some other stuff from the show that I thought is uh, worth noting: um, Baron Corbin defeated Kurt Angle in Kurt Angle's farewell match, clean as a sheet, with his move. How about that? It was such it was such a nothing and it was such a stupid thing too because it wasn't what they did after the match with Kurt cutting a promo after the match. It wasn't 
exactly the same as the thing where a guy gets pinned and he jumps up and beats down the guy that just pinned him, therefore making sure that no one benefits from the segment. Yeah. But his post-match promo very much had (laughs) that effect. (laughs) He just kind of pops up and is like, well, that didn't go the way I wanted it to, but tell me I suck. (laughs) it It was really weird. Like everything about the build to Kurt's last match here has been weird. And I thought this was also exceptionally weird. Yes. And speaking of things that may have uh, been more entertaining to me, had they happened earlier in the night and or on a different show entirely, uh, the doctor of thugonomics, John Cena showed up and did a rap. I thought that was great. I, I thought, thought it was that... a lot of fun. The weird Babe Ruth video that played beforehand, notwithstanding. Yeah. Um, I get it. You know, John Cena is the Babe Ruth of wrestling. That's 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 their subtle symbolism. If you can't figure it out, folks. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought I thought it was fun, and uh, that theme song still, uh, as you as you as the phrase you coined, kicks ten miles of ass. <laughs> yes. So, so uh, it was it was uh, it was cool to see, and he did the the pump up sneakers, and the he called his move the fu instead of the aa. So it was a it was an interesting bit, and it was of all the people they could have had, including you know the next night on Raw when they had Grandpa show up uh, mm-hmm. to interrupt Elias. I was I was fine with it being uh, Thugonomics John. I thought I thought it was very clever to get John Cena cheered. <laughs> yeah. Although maybe they would have cheered him just the same if he had come out as regular John Cena to wrestle Kurt Angle instead of Baron Corbin. Probably so, but I don't know. I it it worked. It worked. Everybody loved it. That's true. That's absolutely true. And then yeah, of course, the big notes as you already mentioned, Kofi winning the title. He and Brian had a, a, a pretty much exactly what I think what we predicted. They had a really good WWE style main event match, and they didn't. They weren't trying to have. To me, it didn't feel like they were trying to have the greatest wrestling match of all time, because obviously, you know, the, it, it wasn't important really what they did just as long as they told the story and it had the right finish, which it did. Kofi got the big celebration, brought his kids in the ring. His one son's going to be a freaking star. <laughs> and, uh, they, they already had t-shirts, uh, celebrating Kofi's win, uh, before, uh, apparently on WWE shop before the match was over, but I didn't see those. So, uh it didn't it didn't ruin anything for me um and it was a it was a pretty darn great moment yeah got over huge in the building and then as you mentioned the main event so on tv i watched this match on a little bit of a delay because i had to take your dog for a walk (laughs) and thanks no it's it's fine Uh, i just i was watching it at uh my other podcast co-host's house i came back to your house to walk your dog had it paused, ready to go, came back after the walk, watched the main event on the a little bit of a delay. These women worked very, very hard, and everybody was, like, bloodied up, and, like, Rhonda had, like, weird bruises on, on her legs, and her legs were swelling, and and Charlotte was bleeding from her elbow, and, and Becky was roughed up as well. So they beat the hell out of each other, and they tried to have like an all-time great match, and it wasn't, but it was still good, and it was the right fit. Well, well, here's here's the problem, perhaps. (laughs) It was the right finish in the sense that Becky 
won the match, right? Yeah. That was the only the only finish they could do. Yeah. However, uh, I think most people had envisioned her winning with her submission hold, perhaps. Does that make sense? Yes. Well, that's obviously uh, breaking news here, everybody. That's not what happened. Uh, she rolled up Ronda Rousey in a crucifix where Ronda's shoulders weren't actually down, uh, which apparently was a botch. And the ref counted three anyway. Um, and so the main event ended sort of in a really quick flash pin. And then uh, they kind of rushed the show off the air. She celebrated for about, you know, 15, 20 seconds with the belts. And maybe not, maybe like two minutes. It was probably like two minutes, but 15 or 20 seconds right after the words, they cut to, they do some replays. They try to find an angle where Ronda's shoulders aren't up. Although apparently no one had smartened up Corey Graves because he's openly talking about how he doesn't think Ronda's shoulders were down. And yeah, then they, they went off the air with Becky celebrating with the two belts. And uh, as you mentioned, it sounds like pretty much as soon as that three was counted, People were people were out of there, right? Yeah, for the most part. Yep. Yep. I uh, sent you a message and said, "Did they play up on TV that Ronda's shoulders were down because they had one angle, or that her shoulders were up because they had one angle where it was clear that one of her one or both of her shoulders were not on the mat, and then the second angle you couldn't really tell." Mm-hmm. But I did see that part uh, on TV later and the way that they shot it and the way that they immediately cut to Rhonda after made me think that it was planned and not a botch. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, although anything is possible because I don't, I didn't think that Rhonda had a particularly smooth night in the ring. <laughs> I mean, she's not the smoothest pro wrestler anyway. It's kind of amazing that, I mean, just because of her raw athleticism, she has good matches. Yes. But she is not a, the smoothest worker, and she had a very clunky night. Um, she also kind of has that Molina thing where, like, she's a good athlete, so they come up with, like, really convoluted, wacky spots where she's going to, like, jump up into, like, start with, like, a victory roll and then roll into the arm bar from that, and something just inevitably gets... Uh, you know, lost in communication or something, and she ends up just falling down, or what she was going for some kind of weird jumping arm bar, and instead she just needs somebody in the face. Like, yeah, there's some, <laughs> there's some of that, there's some of her just still being a little bit inexperienced, and also maybe them or whoever put the match together asking maybe a little bit too much of her. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And, uh, Charlotte and Becky obviously have had really great matches together and that this felt like they couldn't have a great match because Ronda <laughs> because Ronda was there. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I mean it, it didn't I would really say work. I think if you put any two of these three in the ring together, it would have probably been a better match than with the three all three of them together. We we knew that though. So I, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting an all-time classic, and we didn't get an all-time classic, but that's you know, it's fine, right? And well, long story short, though, Becky won both belts, and uh, I guess finishing up WrestleMania, we can jump into the pretty uneventful Raw and SmackDowns uh, from Monday and Tuesday. But we do know Becky's direction, and that direction is the female equivalent of Daniel Bryan wrestling Kane. 
she's going to be wrestling Lacey Evans. I think it might be worse. <laughs> Ooh. Kane, at least, we had evidence that he was a pro wrestler. <laughs> it's true. Lacey Evans, we've seen have one pretty bad match, right? On, yeah, on main roster TV. She started out with Natty and she was not good. Correct. I don't know, man. And to me, Becky's a good wrestler. When I think of people that can have a good match with anyone or can ha get get a good match out of somebody who's bad, I don't necessarily... Becky's not the first name that jumps to mind. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Um, particularly when it comes... And when whoever is laying out their matches... Uh, I well, don't... You also know that it's going to be like Lacey's going to be on offense for like 80% of that. I Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Can also, um, can also like to point out that, well, Lacey is very blonde, and so is Alexa Bliss, and Alexa Bliss just squashed Bailey on Monday night. Hey, speaking of Bailey, um, yeah. we have new, uh, I don't know if you've heard or if you saw when you were there, we yeah. have new women's tag team champions. Yeah. Um, Peyton Royce, who, did you notice that her hair's a little lighter, Ethan? Yeah, she lightened her hair about three, three four weeks ago. Huh. Yeah. And uh, now she and Billy Kay are the women's tag team champions. They are. Yeah, they beat uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, How about that? Yeah. Um, now, there's a, uh, there's a rumor going around that Sasha Banks had some kind of meltdown. <laughs> yes. And there's a second rumor that Sasha Banks physically attacked Alexa Bliss. <laughs> and for real, for real? For real, for real, and has been suspended. Hmm. I don't know what to believe. I saw they're doing, they're being catty to each other on social media, um, which I just immediately, it's a work, it's a work, it's a work, yes. uh, jumps to mind. And I don't believe that for whatever issues that these two have in real life, I don't think that anyone is unprofessional enough to actually get into a fight in Sasha's 2019. Not on Total Divas, is she? No. Okay. So they this couldn't be like an angle for that show. No. Um so I I do think this is an angle. Um I just don't understand to what end. <laughs> sure. And there's also the side thing of apparently Sasha canceling on the Wendy Williams show with like 2 hours notice. Apparently yeah, upsetting, upsetting the, those people. Yeah, yeah. Now she's on vacation with Callisto. Okay. She and her husband are friends with Callisto and Callisto's wife, and they're all, oh, all right. they're all on vacation together in the okay, Dominican great. Republic right now. <laughs> okay, all right. Just making sure, that, you know, spouses are there too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't know. But the, yeah, there's there's some weird stuff going on with Sasha Banks. I don't know what it is. I don't want to do a boss time on it. I'm already kind of upset that I already spewed the rumor that I really don't want to be true. But <laughs> here sure. we are. Well, hopefully, if there is anything, you know, physically or mentally wrong, legitimately, you know, best wishes. Hope hope everything gets straightened out. That's yeah. You know, that kind of stuff's not not something you want to mess with. And if you need if you just need some time. You know, especially as as it's you know it's well documented how how seriously and how how much of 
how much of herself she puts into her wrestling. Yeah, maybe maybe a uh, some time away would do her good. Yeah, a little sabbatical would probably be nice. The less you're on WWE TV, the more over you are when you come back. Correct. Speaking of which, Ricochet and Aleister Black wrestled four times in five days on WWE television. Crazy. And uh, by that SmackDown on Tuesday, boy, crowd wasn't exactly uh, you know on fire for those guys. Crowd wasn't on fire for anything on SmackDown. That's um, true. I mean, that's, <laughs> they're exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a reason they're not going to run four straight nights in the same city anymore on these big show weekends Good. going forward. I think it's starting with, I think they're in Toronto four nights for SummerSlam, but I think Houston is Survivor Series, I think, or maybe that's where Rumble. Anyway, they're going to start going somewhere else for Monday and Tuesday now. <laughs> I think that's for the best. Even if you just go to like, you know, a nearby city, I think that's probably for the best. Yeah, that's what they're doing. But yeah, but yeah, that was it. Was so Raw and SmackDown this week were not super exciting shows. We had the return of Sammy Wow Wow, <laughs> and he cut a promo to tell the fans that they're what's wrong with the company, <laughs> and they're mean and toxic, and they hate everything. Yeah, which makes it an unpleasant place to work, <laughs> and I'm sure that's true. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. Um, yep, pretty fun. And outside of that, not a lot going on. They tease doing a title unification match, or a, well, it wouldn't be title unification, I guess, because Becky's still carrying around both belts and will apparently be defending both belts. So a title for title, or their new term for it, winner-take-all match between Kofi and Seth. It was advertised at the start of Raw. They did about They did the match for about five minutes, and then... That hot, young, up-and-coming act, The Bar, interrupted and uh, caused a DQ. They reset as a tag match, at which point the crowd turned on the match, began throwing <laughs> beach balls, chanting for T-shirt company AEW, and, uh, and yeah, and they just kind of crapped all over the main event, uh, despite the fact that it had Seth and Kofi, uh, their, their new, you know, the new top guys, the new world champs, teaming together. And my thought was just like, why don't you just announce we're going to do like an all-star tag match main event and just put whoever, put all the big stars in it. And I know I'm sure their thought processes were trying to not get this third hour killed against the NCAA title game, but that didn't work anyway. So <laughs> maybe you should just, maybe next time, maybe just announce what your real main event's going to be. Don't do a, a dumb bait and switch if you don't have any uh, you know, plans to follow up on it. Yeah. I, I I didn't expect them to book a finish, but I expected maybe they would have whoever the next challenger is for Seth or Kofi run in and break up the match. And sure. I don't think they know where they're going yet. And they just have, don't have anything planned. So <laughs> that, so they did garbage instead. Yeah. Other than that on, on Ron's back then, we just had guys from the other show show up. To uh to advertise for the uh for the draft or the superstar shakeup next week so Lar you know, Lars Ron is was... back yeah so I'm sorry what was that Lars is back oh yeah Lars Lars everybody's favorite wrestler uh born in the wrong era this Lars Sullivan that was that was my observation <laughs> boy Bruno would have made a lot of money with this guy <laughs> yeah. But yep. uh, yeah, he, he beat up Kurt, and then he beat up the new tag team champions, the Hardy Boys. 
The hardy grandfathers. <laughs> the hardy men. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to is, say. Is add, Lars add the here. first Seth challenger? It's not the worst idea. I mean, it would be something different. I mean, I was you, you think it's Corbin, the right? Didn't look. I mean, look at who. I mean, obviously, you got the shakeup, but you got what? You got you got Drew. You got Corbin. Yeah. Drew just lost. Corbin sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm. 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 I like in the short term, at least, I'm all right with Lars, but. I guess the other notes, uh, it appears Kyrie Sane finished up with NXT at the NXT tapings uh, this week. So could be she might be up in the Superstar Shake-Up next week. And yep. uh, maybe some other call-ups, we'll see. But they didn't they didn't do any other NXT call-ups. Obviously, we still have the, what is it, like eight or nine NXT guys who have just been <laughs> floating between brands since December. Yes. So I guess they'll they'll get official brands and everybody will have brands and isn't that's really all that's important, right? Everybody has brands. Yes. The brands are always what's important. All right. With that all being said, it's time for the main event. Finally. Ethan, you had a a murderer's row of <laughs> tremendous meet and greets this weekend. You're in WrestleMania weekend. Everyone from Minoru Suzuki to Becky Lynch and plenty in between. Uh, so tell us about uh, who you met and any interesting stories that go along with meeting them. All right. So the fun started in the WrestleCon Hotel on Friday morning before the convention officially started. We arrived, I don't know, maybe an hour before the convention started and ran into uh, Tony Atlas <laughs> in the in the hotel lobby. Tony Atlas came up to me and said, Hey, aren't you Tony Atlas? And I said, <laughs> no, you're Tony Atlas. And he said, aren't you the first half, uh, first black tag team champion along with Rocky Johnson? I said, no, that's you I said, my goodness, Tony Atlas. You're the first black person I've seen all day. Is what he said to me. <laughs> so I met Tony Atlas. Was he trying to like strong arm you into like, he was just wandering around the lobby wanting to be noticed. I see. <laughs> All right. Well, and, accomplished. and I guess I have bright pink hair. I guess I'm an easy target. Maybe he thought you were an indie worker. It's possible. So uh, I opened a door for a dirty Dutch Mantel. How about and, that? Old Zeb. Yeah. And his, I think he had a, a grandson or something with him who was acting kind of as a handler. Because uh, Dutch isn't getting around too well these days, uh, mm. he's wa- walking with a cane, and uh, but Dutch acted like I'd uh, uh, just I don't know done him any, a, a tremendous favor just by opening a door for him. Oh, that's so nice. uh, and then walking through the WrestleCon convention later, walking past Dutch's table, Dutch uh, Dutch gave me the old uh, big wave. So, <laughs> so that was nice. Got to get to meet Dutch. Uh, I got to meet Kevin Kelly. Uh, Kevin Kelly was sitting, but bu- Kevin Kelly also did a lot of what I would, <laughs> I'm not sure that it was as bad as Tony Atlas, but it sure seemed like uh, Kevin Kelly was wandering around the Russell hotel lobby waiting for people to recognize him. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would say Chris masters very much the same. Mm. <laughs> I saw Chris masters more in the Russell hotel lobby than I did on 
in four years of WWE TV or whatever. <laughs> it was it was incredible. Uh, but I got to talk to Kevin Kelly a little bit. Just went said hey, went up to him and said hey, I don't mean to bother you, but uh, I write uh, about New Japan for the Wrestling Observer site, so I'm very familiar with your work. You're in my ears a lot. And uh, we made a we we made a small talk. He was very nice, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And I would say I don't know if this makes any sense, but I would say Kevin Kelly comes across much smoother in person and kind of like less nerdy. Huh. <laughs> uh, if that if that makes sense. I, yeah, I, I can see what you mean. Uh, yeah. So Kevin Kelly, super nice guy, very smooth. Uh, so then WrestleCon convention starts, wandering around. Just looking at all the tables, Billy Gunn's there. He, his skin is the color of a burnt hot dog. <laughs> it's the <laughs> only way. Billy Gunn. That's right. Uh, I got to see Kelly Kelly. Um, that was something else. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, almost met her in a Kmart once. Yeah, sure did. Um. Not going to dance around this. Uh. I saw both uh, Winter slash Katie Lee Birchall uh-huh. and uh, uh, what's her name? Celeste Bonin, uh, formerly uh, Caitlin in WWE. Sure. May Young Classic superstar. Yes. Yeah. I would say at first glance, I thought that on a scale of, of 1 to 10 rating their looks, I thought that uh, Winter was a 21 out of 10. Mm. Um, after a second pass i would say maybe just a nine out of ten okay uh caitlin 20 out of 10 wow which both is, looks. Which, <laughs> what's that yeah after oh, both yeah. looks still y- y- yes which is odd because it's like i never looked at her that way you know if that makes any sense i don't think I'm, they wanted you to on television yeah i'm just burying myself here uh uh-huh. but just striking in person just striking. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Uh, so then it was uh, photo op time. Got in line for a photo op with Bret Hart. While I was waiting in line, I was uh, at it. I was the line was like um, right next to a table where Gail Kim and uh, Victoria slash Lisa Marie Verone were uh, doing their photo ops and signing. Lisa Marie, 48 years old or whatever, full gear. <laughs> full gear. What a freaking what, what a legend. <laughs> hey, you uh, know, they didn't come to get the picture taken with her in her, you know, in her blue jeans. <laughs> Just incredible. Came to get a picture taken with a wrestler. Exactly. And that's exactly what you got if you gave your, you know, 20 bucks to Lisa Marie. Uh, so while we're waiting, while I was waiting in line, uh, Gail Kim like leaves her table to go use the restroom, and the like the handler, one of the WrestleCon handlers, is just panicked. He's like, "We sh- sh- is she gonna be okay by herself? Like we shouldn't, we should, we should not let her go by herself." So that tells you what the uh, promoters of this event think of wrestling fans. <laughs> like mm. we we don't trust <laughs> we don't trust them <laughs> with Gail Kim. With pretty girls, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But uh, while I was waiting for Brett, uh, Ric Flair walked past with uh, his wife, Wendy. And uh, he, every, everyone loves Rick. Everyone was freaking out over Rick. 
all sure. the talent, all the talent. Um, I do think after seeing Rick in person this weekend or this past weekend, I think they didn't put him in front of the people on that Monday Night Raw 70th birthday party for him because they didn't think he could walk to the ring. <laughs> Oof. Rough shape. Rick's in rough shape. Like, I know he's doing better. And, you know, what do you expect after a guy who's been on who was on his deathbed, you know, a year ago? But yeah, really rough shape. But uh, everybody was everybody loves Rick. And uh, he told Gail Kim, if you want to stay married, stay away from Lisa Marie. <laughs> which which was funny (laughs) uh so i got to meet brett uh second time i met brett uh just small talk handshake and uh out of there i didn't really have he had a rough weekend he sure did he got attacked and ugh. i thought that era was over right and also the security in that in the security should be fired like Tra- just have Travis Brown do security next year, I guess. Yeah, that sounds good. Travis Brown and Dash Wilder could be security for the for this event next year. Let's let's do that. Yeah. It's easy for me to forget that Brett has had a stroke and survived cancer. Yeah. Until until I'm shaking his hand and standing next to him and he's frail. <laughs> like Yeah. Cos- like cosmetically, Brett looks really good. Given his, you know, his age and everything that he's been through, sure. But he's kind of frail. Um, if that makes any sense. No, it makes sense. And but at least it was still, you know, as far as your interactions with him, it was still sort of pleasant and simple. Yes, pleasant and simple. I didn't have like a spiel that I wanted to say to Brad. I said that when I met him like ten or eleven years ago. So yeah. Um. So I uh, got out a lot. Got out of the. Brett line got in line for a photo with Trish Stratus, who I'd met once before. Uh, Famously, called. last year, SummerSlam weekend. Yes. Had really, really good interaction with Trish last year, but I uh, I didn't really get a chance to fanboy because I was doing a bunch of shtick with, uh, between Sasha Banks and Trish Stratus. Right, you were the go-between. Right, I'm trying, I'm trying to book that match. I'm still trying <laughs> to book that match. Uh, so I had some shtick. Last year, but I didn't really, you know, could say, "Hey, you know, I'll go to my grave saying that you were the best wrestler in WWE when you retired in 2006." Um, oh. All that stuff. I never really got the chance to say that. So, uh, waiting in line, I'm ne- kind of near the front of the line. Um, so I get up there, and okay, so I'm, <sighs> I have I have bright pink hair, and I'm wearing a tie, which uh-huh. you could. Look, I deserve whatever crap I get for doing this, but my reasoning here was I'm going to have these photos for as long as I'm alive. Sure. I, I would like to 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 uh, look presentable in these photos. So I'm okay. wearing I'm wearing a damn tie. So <laughs> get get up there and uh, shake hands with Trish, and she's like, "Wow, look at you!" And I'm like, "Yeah, I." Uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I got to meet you last year and I wore a jacket and like these, these pictures, you know, I'm going to have these pictures for a long time. So, you know, I want to look good. Uh-huh. And, she's, and she's like, well, yeah, it's kind of, it's your thing, right? Like, no, I don't want to be the guy that has a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, 
I don't want it to be my thing. I don't want her to think I'm like the Brock Lesnar guy. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah, my gimmick. gimmick. You gotta you gotta dress in full suit. This is my thing now. Raw. Apparently, so I have just diarrhea of the mouth while, I, while I'm standing there uh-huh. uh, uh, meeting Trish. They snap. They snap the the photo op, and I'm talking, and like my mouth's open, and I'm mid sentence in the middle of my photo op, and rather than saying and i knew it i knew it as soon as it happened i knew that i was talking and it was a bad picture uh-huh rather than saying hey can we take that again i'm sure i was running my mouth i just shook her hand and walked away uh-huh and uh went and saw the photo and sure enough uh it's a terrible photo of me so <laughs> how trish look in it good yes all right well <laughs> you know 50 ben 500 <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so then uh, you're supposed to. Oh, so Renee Young was, according to the WrestleCon schedule, was supposed to be there from ten to one or something that day. Mm-hmm. So get to the, get to Renee's table, and there's a sign there saying Renee Young will be here at one p.m. <laughs> you're like, mm. wait a wait a minute. That's that's not what we said. So it turns out WWE had her at some event, which fine you know like i understand there's not a whole lot you can do about that but then maybe don't don't book yourself on a convention anyway Mm. so uh the line for renee was ridiculous (laughs) just ridiculous it Uh, wrapped it wrapped around like four four times like i got i got to what i thought was the end of the line, and it was nowhere close to the end of the line. They're like, actually, it snakes three more times that way. Wowzers. Like, okay, cool. So, uh, my wife really likes Renee and listens to her podcast. So, she was also getting a photo op with Renee. You guys were getting separate photo ops or one together? Well, we purchased, I purchased <laughs> separate photo ops for us, and then. I purchased a professional photo op that we were going to take together with Renee. Okay. I don't know, man. I, I get I get really weird. Hey, brother. It's, it's your thing. I, I get really weird with it's this It's your stuff. thing. So uh, my wife is holding uh, my place in the Renee line. I got to take off and go get in the Tanahashi and Suzuki lines. Ah. So, by the way, now, it's 2 p.m. now, and Renee is not there yet. Whoops. <laughs> the ref pro show is scheduled to start at 3 p.m. Mm. So get the photo with uh, Tanahashi. It's, it's all me. Nice hair. The guy. Hiroshi Tanahashi. <laughs> the guy who's known for his hair. Yes. That you had. Yes. Nice hair. Yes. There wasn't like a mirror just over your shoulder that he was looking into. It's it's possible. It's possible. Okay. Um. So get the Suzuki lot, get in there with Suzuki. The camera malfunctions right before my photo with Suzuki. So the guy like in front of me in line is trying to make small talk with Minoru Suzuki, who I'd assumed would have decent conversational English. Maybe too big of an assumption. Um, I think Tanahashi's like conversational English was actually probably better, hmm. um, which I didn't expect. Cause I think Suzuki spent some time, living in the United States at some point. But anyway, 
Uh, Suzuki does this bit on his Instagram where he wears Stance brand socks. And I happen to have a pair of Stance brand socks. Mm-hmm. And I showed him, hey, Stance socks. And he kind of smirked and didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. At all. <laughs> he kind of went, <laughs> and that's about it. That's so, awesome. That's exactly what I would want out of interaction <laughs> with that guy. Yeah, so I got a photo with Suzuki. Um, got back in the Renee line. Um, while we're waiting in line for Renee, uh, I'm watching uh, Joey Janela and Penelope Ford walk by. And kind of wanted to get a photo op with Penelope Ford because I think she's going to be a gigantic star in this business. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's, it's just a matter of time. Uh, but I, uh, I kept walking past the table that she was supposed to be at, and I didn't see her. Hmm. Apparently, my wife did see her at some point, so she may have been there, and I just didn't see her. But anyway, so while we're I'm waiting in line to get a photo with Renee, Joey Janela and Penelope Ford walk by. And we're about three tables away from Enzo Amore's table. Mm. And there's a line of people waiting to get photos with Enzo Amore. And Enzo Amore is being Enzo Amore at his table. He's just, he's running his mouth. He's being loud. He's screaming. He's, he's being Enzo, right? Uh Joey Janela walks by and I'm not that familiar with Joey Janela, but I'm kind of familiar with Joey Janela. And then he comes by. He's dressed exactly like Enzo Amore. He's uh-huh. got like leopard print socks or something. Like I, I don't know. He looks ridiculous. <laughs> it's coming from the guy with bright pink hair mm-hmm. going through going through a midlife crisis. Uh, Joey Joey Janelle walks by and he says, "Who in the f would wait in line for a picture with Enzo Amore?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you guys appear to be the same human being. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's not throw too much judgment around right now. Well, we're, we're all standing at a place called WrestleCon. <laughs> all right. True. Although specifically with Enzo, um, there are some of his extracurricular activities that make him maybe a more of a special case. Well, I suppose that's true. But it struck me as your larger point is noted, though. <laughs> Joey Janela, not it, it, a fan of Enzo Amore. Russell Khan should probably be a judgment-free zone for everybody. That's that's what I'm saying. Uh, so meet Renee. Uh, we both uh, really like Oasis. Wow, you must be the only two. <laughs> I, I guess so. Uh, you know, they're really not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I. Got I got some Oasis stickers, okay. and and I gave them to Renee, and I'm like, uh, I know this is weird, but like my wife listens to uh, your podcast and told me that you are a huge Oasis fan. I am also a huge Oasis fan. Here are these stickers for you. You can do whatever you like. Leave them in uh, graffiti all over New York City. Whatever you want to do. She's like, oh, like stickers, like for my. From uh, to put on my laptop or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So then we had a chat about Oasis and the Gallagher brothers. And while I was waiting, Is he more of a Noel or a Liam fan. Uh, both, 
Okay. Both, 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 both appreciate what both guys bring to the table. Fair enough. And we agree that it's inevitable that at some point there will be a reunion. It's just inevitable. It's cool. It's the record. uh, Ironically, I'm more of a null guy. Okay. All right. Sorry. Continue your, I mean, your stuff. This isn't about me. I'm obviously more of an old guy. <laughs> obviously, sure. he's he's super ta- the super talented one that writes all the songs. <laughs> <laughs> Liam just kind of brings attitude and uh, a weird singing voice to the table. I bring similar things to this show. I'd like to think. <laughs> sure. Oh man. Uh, but so anyway, I had a, I probably made it weird by giving her a, a gift of Oasis stickers, but I had a really nice chat with Renee. And while I was waiting to meet Renee, the people in front of me in line, immediately in front of me in line, were really taking up a lot of her time. And the promoter, the promoter was standing there, and I was standing next to the promoter, and he's just rolling his eyes. He's, oh my goodness, <laughs> these people are taking this forever. Uh-huh. And I'm like, she's being, and I say to the promoter, I'm like, she's being She's being very patient. <laughs> and he said she is, he's like, I've worked with her a few times now. He's like, she is this way all the time. He's like, there's some people that are different in private than they are in front of the people. He's like, she is the same person all the time. And I said, Oh, like a, like a pros, he's like a pros pro. So, <laughs> So the promoter had a very uh, had a lot of nice things to say about Renee, which I thought was cool. Awesome. Uh, so then uh, had to skip the pro photo op with Renee for time uh, time reasons because I had to get to Ref Pro. So sure, that was did just your wife like, get her photo op with Renee though? She did. Yes. Okay. Good. Yes, she got hers first actually. Oh, all right. She got hers while I was in line for Suzuki and Tanahashi, or as I was getting photos with Tanahashi, I guess. Okay, well, as long as you and your wife got got your photos individually, I think it's acceptable yes. to... Uh... Yes. So then Saturday morning, WrestleMania Access. WrestleMania Access, I wouldn't recommend doing every year, but doing it every few years just to see what they've added, what the, you know, kind of the exhibits are, whatever. It's it's okay every couple of years, I would say. Uh, paid an exorbitant <laughs> amount of money to meet Becky Lynch. Uh, got in line. Um, I was near the front of the line, and um, Beck. I've never seen more uh, hugs given out by talent by talent at one of these uh, things. Um, Super patient and super friendly and outgoing and genuinely seemed happy to be there, which is nice. So I get up to meet Becky and um, shake her hand. And she says, wow, cool as hell hair, bro. (laughs) <laughs> I was gonna try to do a Becky impersonation, but I don't think I can. Okay, that's fair. Uh, cool as hell, hair, bro. Said, oh, thanks. I'm like, hey, you know, thanks for making this stuff cool again. Uh, you know, I'm really happy for you and all your success. And she's like, oh, thanks, oh, thanks. And I'm like, and I'm from Baltimore, and I'm really proud of my city for giving you a good reaction on SmackDown on Tuesday. 
Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah she's like that was great that was pretty great she's like i wasn't sure what kind of reaction i was gonna get after uh the angle on raw on monday mm-hmm. like, oh, okay so get the photo shake hands say thank you very much and uh that was it well that's a that's a hell of a, a photo op <laughs> schedule and so all of it all considered the the hours upon hours of professional wrestling you you and your <laughs> wife witnessed the the sitting in an open air building in the cold and uh and all of that and the, the bus that smelled like farts and all that <laughs> was it all worth it oh a million percent yeah are you ready yeah. to do it again next year in tampa i don't think i'll ever willingly go to florida unless it's for a job <laughs> <laughs> ah, i've been to florida once it's all right i was also 11 at the time so <laughs> I didn't have to really worry about logistics of anything or driving or flying or anything. So I see. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not an expert on Floridian <laughs> travel. Is what I'm trying to say. But I see. But overall, it sounds like you had a hell of a time. And the only thing, the only thing I screwed up, I screwed up the Trish photo op, and uh, obviously I will beat myself up about that uh, until the next time. Until the next time you meet Trish Stratus. Yes. Well, you got to go for three now, right? There will be a next time. Absolutely. As long as, the, as long as the, I'm not served with papers. <laughs> I just, I can't imagine that you're anywhere near, like you, you still have to be in like the top percentile for like the least weird people that she meets. Don't you think? Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, you know me personally. And so I feel like maybe you're making a judgment that. But I mean like that- you shower comb your hair you can complete full sentences maybe too many sometimes speak in full sentences you have all your teeth like (laughs) i think i for better or worse my point is i don't think you would ever be on like if someone asked her man how was your day at wrestlecon i don't think she's gonna be like you know who the worst guy was the guy who talked a lot like she's probably gonna be like no the guy who smelled like onions <laughs> and uh when he put his arm around me put his hand a little too low like that's the type of guy that she probably uh doesn't want to interact with well i guess there's that i see i don't take any comfort in that though i don't i i just torture myself thinking about what i could have done differently hey man that's that's your prerogative. That's that's the pursuit of excellence when it comes to <laughs> photo ops with professional wrestlers. There you it's go. Good to, it's good to have goals, and you're you know, hey. <laughs> but hey, as far as a battering average goes, I think that's that's a, sounds like a pretty great weekend and lots of good wrestling. Maybe not some not so great wrestling and lots of photo ops. I watched all of it on television, and oh yeah, thanks for dog sitting. So I, I could yes, do this, I dog sat way. your dog all weekend. It was a very pleasant uh, weekend away from my home as well. <laughs> so uh, everybody, everybody got a little bit of a vacation, and uh, yeah, I think we've talked for quite a while now. Obviously, because we had so, as we say at the start of the show, so much to talk about. But I think I'm just about out. Uh, anything else, or should we get out of here? Uh, looks like AEW is getting TV. On oh our, yeah, <laughs> on TNT, TNT, TBS, or True TV. Correct. It looks like they're it's somewhere in that uh, the the Turner family of networks, and will apparently they'll be uh, part of the the upfronts, the big uh, 
you know, the presentations that the networks do for their advertisers every year. So yeah. surprise. Yeah. Obviously everyone thought that was the destination. There just weren't a lot that made sense, right? Because it couldn't be anything Fox and it couldn't be anything universal, NBC universal. Right. And so it's like, what's on the, you know, the basic tier, the basic cable tier that everyone that has basic cable gets. Right. And it's like, even like the Paramount Network, which used to be Spike or whatever, even that's like not on the basic basic tier because I didn't have that on. I had to get like the second level up to get the Paramount Network. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, that's that's obviously exciting news. And as we promised way back when, once there are things to talk about with AEW, we'll start talking about AEW a little bit more. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, no TV till October, so we're six months away from from TV. Yes, well, we'll ha- you know they'll have shows in between then and the end now, so we'll we'll have time to talk about that. Uh, New Japan's has best of Super Juniors comes up, so there's no end to this to this wrestling stuff. It just keeps coming. Got the Superstar Shake Up next week. How long have we been doing this show? <laughs> <laughs> it's Craig Ferguson S at the start of our show every week. Uh, how long have we been doing this show? For 195 episodes, it's turned out. This was, in fact, The Wrestling Life episode 195. And until next time, I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. And we'll be back soon with more stories from The Wrestling Life. Hasta luego. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. Try to keep on keeping on.